1: I'm totally shocked. A major crime scene on Vancouver Island. What we're learning about a violent struggle at a home.
2: The pickup truck fled from the scene.
1: A motorcyclist killed in a hit and run in Surrey. Plus, difficult migration. A look at the dangers faced by grey whales after a close call in Delta. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Beginning tonight with breaking news. A wildfire has broken out in the central interior and evacuations are being considered. The fire is burning about five kilometers east of Fraser Lake, west of Prince George. A thick cloud of smoke can be seen for kilometers along Highway 16. B.C. Wildfire Service says it was first called in around 3 this afternoon and has already grown to 10 hectares in size. Those in the area say there are high winds and the fire is moving fast. It is believed to be human-caused. The Wildfire Service has called in air tankers and has 16 firefighters on the ground. This fire follows several days of hot, dry weather, including 26 Record highs that were set across B.C. just yesterday. A power outage in the region at one point had impacted about 40,000 homes and businesses, but that is now down, we're told, to about 15,000. There's no word if this is connected to the wildfire. B.C. Hydro is reporting it as a transmission circuit failure. We'll have much more on this breaking story as further details come in. An arrest has been made in connection with a violent incident that's left one person dead and two others badly hurt near Victoria overnight. It happened at a home in the usually quiet Brentwood Bay area. Kristen Robinson has the details.
3: I'm looking for my mom. Investigators allow family members to cross the yellow tape cordoning off a cul-de-sac in a normally quiet Victoria suburb after it became a crime scene early Saturday.
4: I'm totally shocked very very upsetting
3: just after midnight central saanich police called to a disturbance at a home on meadowlark lane in brentwood bay inside officers discovered signs of a deadly struggle
5: evidence of a, of a violent encounter had taken place uh, they saw that a um, uh, an individual was deceased and two others were seriously injured
3: police do not believe the fatal attack was random the two adult victims awaiting more treatment in hospital. A fourth person, a man, was arrested and remains in custody. The home is owned by Doris and Victor Caruana. Doris Caruana told Global News her granddaughter is deceased and her son and granddaughter's son are injured. It's a hard thing to
6: lose somebody to begin with, but to have somebody taken away from you in a violent manner so quickly and unexpectedly is horrifying for the survivors of that family.
4: Such a shock for the family and friends and neighbours. Yeah. All of us feel, I'm sure, dreadfully upset by it.
3: The incident is especially heartbreaking for Caruana, who says she lost her husband two months ago. The Vancouver Island Integrated Major Crime Unit leading the search for answers. Police expect to be at the home for several days.
7: That's a
5: shocker to the community, uh, particularly uh, a place like Brentwood Bay in Central Sandwich.
3: Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: Charges have been laid in the suspicious death of a four-month-old baby in Maple Ridge two years ago. 26-year-old Patrick Jason Clement is accused of manslaughter in the baby girl's June 2017 sudden death. At the time, RCMP were notified that an infant had been brought to hospital. Homicide investigators were called in and the baby died a day later. Police searched a home near 116th Avenue and 236th Street in Maple Ridge and said the incident appeared to be isolated with no public safety concerns. Clement's trial is scheduled for July. More tonight on the tragic death of a 16-month-old boy who was left in a hot car in Burnaby for close to nine hours. It has shaken many people. And as Julia Foy reports, it's also prompted the B.C. government to look at ways to help prevent something like this from happening again. Tucked
6: amongst the grass along Inman Avenue, a small bunch of flowers are left with a simple note. Rest in peace, little one. They must really feel so devastated.
3: And I feel really sorry for them.
6: It was here on May 9th that a tragedy unfolded. A 16-month-old boy was discovered unconscious inside a vehicle. He did not survive. (laughs) It was heartbreaking news
1: for neighbours. I always uh, take my daughter with me whenever I leave my car. Mm. I always do. Uh, I'm pretty aware of uh, this kind of things.
8: Extra careful with all the kids, with
6: all the, you know, the temperatures rising.
9: Just a, a, a terrible, terrible tragedy.
6: BC's Minister of Public Safety is hoping new technology in
9: cars could save lives. Given the developments that we're seeing with technology these days, you know, you've got smart apps for just about everything, smart cars in a way that we've never seen. Um, if there's an opportunity or if there's a way to make cars safer, I certainly think uh, as a province uh, we would be open to looking at that.
6: A U.S. safety group called Kids in Cars wants legislation requiring manufacturers to put in sensors and alarms to help prevent these accidents. They say the tech already exists to alert drivers to low gas, flat tires, or no seat belts.
4: It's hard to figure out how someone decided it was more important not to have a dead car battery, than a dead baby. So as
5: soon as you open up this door, it's going to trigger the rear seat reminder to start up.
6: Last year, General Motors brought out a new feature in SUVs and trucks, which reminds drivers if they have left anything okay, on the so back the seat. seat.
5: As soon as I put the vehicle in park, I'm going to hit the engine stop button. After I hit this button, you will hear five beeps inside the vehicle, and then you'll see a little message here stating, check your rear seat. So here we go. Rear seat reminder, look in rear seat. It can be a lifesaver.
6: Caregivers are encouraged to seek out new forms of apps and technology to remind them that their most precious cargo should never be left behind. Julia Foy, Global
1: News. A man has now turned himself into police in connection with a deadly hit and run that happened in Surrey about 12 hours earlier. A middle-aged motorcyclist was killed. And as Paul Johnson reports, it's one of dozens of biker fatalities that occur on B.C. roads each year.
2: Tragedy in Surrey's Newton neighborhood Friday night. The all-too-common result of a collision between a motorcyclist and a truck.
1: The pickup truck fled from the scene. And unfortunately, the driver of the motorcycle died from his injuries.
2: Police say the victim was a 53-year-old man from Surrey, his name not yet released. ICBC told Global News the province typically sees about 2,300 motorcycle crashes per year, more than 30 of them fatal.
10: It really underscores the urgent need for all of us to be aware and, and look out for each other on the road.
2: While well, the experience level of Friday night's victim isn't known, this time of year can be particularly dangerous for fair weather motorcyclists just getting their road sense back.
10: We strongly encourage them to, to, to take refresher training. In fact, ICBC is conducting free assessment sessions um, over the next couple of months um, where you can try your motorcycle skills and learn from, from professionals and even police.
2: While police had put out the call overnight for any information on the driver of the white pickup suspected in the accident, that problem had resolved itself by Saturday morning, though they're still interested in seeing any dash cam video that may be available from any drivers willing to come forward.
1: As of this morning at approximately 9 o'clock, the suspected driver of the vehicle that left the scene last night turned himself into the Surrey RCMP, currently in custody and the investigation is ongoing.
2: In Surrey, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: Police in Prince George are searching for a suspect in a hit-and-run that's left a 48-year-old man dead and a cyclist seriously hurt. Just after midnight, an RCMP officer on patrol found two men suffering from injuries on Victoria Street between 15th and 17th Avenues. They were both rushed to hospital, but one victim, who was in a wheelchair when he was hit, did not survive. Investigators believe the men were hit by a dark 2012 or 2013 Jeep Grand Cherokee that fled the scene. And in Langley overnight, this is the end result of a Jeep Cherokee crashing into a car dealership. It happened at Willowbrook Jeep Dodge Chrysler at around 1.30 this morning. The SUV ended up on top of a parked vehicle. RCMP say the male driver was briefly trapped, but not badly hurt. He was given a ticket, but police do not believe alcohol was a factor. Better news today for a pair of gray whales that became stranded in Boundary Bay yesterday. With some help from the Vancouver Aquarium, they were floated to deeper water at high tide last night. But as Jill Bennett reports, the danger for the mother and her calf may not be over.
11: For a few tense hours, these gray whales, a mother and her calf, were stuck on the sand during low tide. There were fears they could suffer several injuries, including compressed lungs and kidney failure. They were helped back to the deep water Friday evening after a close call.
7: This year has been very bad for gray whales, Um, mothers, calves, and and actually animals of of a number of different age classes. So California has seen at least a dozen gray whales strand this season, Um, and we're we're probably going to get some as well.
11: This adult gray whale washed up on Ocean Beach in San Francisco on May 7th. It's the ninth gray whale to die here during the last two months. While it was likely struck by a ship, like many of the other whales, it was malnourished.
7: These whales
5: were not getting enough food in the Arctic. That's the the crux of the problem.
11: Some experts say a major factor is the so-called blob, warmer water in the Pacific Ocean that's having a big impact on the food supply. That means a lot of the whales won't survive.
2: They
7: were stressed going south, they didn't get enough, they don't eat in Mexico
9: in their migration, and uh, so they need to get back uh, in good shape, back up to to, uh, the Bering Sea, and they're not making it, in many cases. We have taken significant steps to address key threats to the south resident killer whale.
11: On Friday, the federal fisheries minister was in B.C. making another announcement about saving orcas. And while that is a priority, some are also wondering if more action is needed to save the gray whales.
7: We should be concerned, but that should translate into
5: a general uh, approach to avoiding more climate
9: change, more increase in temperatures. We've got a lot of challenges.
1: Jill Bennett, Global News. It has been 14 years since a Victoria mother went missing, and police are appealing to the public for tips that could help solve the case. It's believed Belinda Cameron met with foul play. The 42-year-old was last seen on May 11, 2005 at a shopper's drug mart in Esquimalt. Extensive searches turned up nothing. Cameron's daughters, now adults, are seeking answers. Cameron was the subject of a recent Crime Stoppers video, and police believe someone knows what happened to her. If you have information, call Victoria Police. An abandoned home in Surrey has gone up in flames. Fire crews arrived at around 1030 to smoke and flames coming out of the basement. No injuries were reported and the home was empty and set for demolition. The cause of the fire still under investigation. A stretch of Fraser Highway near 184th Street was closed westbound for more than two hours as smoke billowed from the home.
9: Upon arrival, there was no one on the scene. Nobody's uh, been found here. Uh, Our crews did a defensive attack and uh, uh, put the fire out. We've just got crews in there right now going through to make sure that everything is out and cooled down. And uh, we'll turn it back over to the owner. It's definitely a vacant home, and uh, the developer who I spoke with earlier said that this home is scheduled to be demolished uh, in a few days.
1: Explosions could be heard at an industrial fire east of Kamloops last night. Flames ripping through a logging compound in Monte Creek. Three semi-trailers caught fire in the middle of a large gravel pit. The BC Wildfire Service assessed the situation, but Forestry crews did not join the firefight. No word on the extent of the damage there. And due to dry conditions, a fire ban has been implemented in Whistler. The resort municipality's danger rating has been bumped up to extreme. The ban includes campfires, and no fires are allowed anywhere in Whistler. Residents are also encouraged to take steps to fire smart their properties. A group of parents has rallied in Olympic Village today in their push for a new school, and they promise to be back every weekend until they get one. No one's going to the same school. Hinge Park hosting the Olympic Village Build Your School Party. Parents are demanding a new school be built in their neighborhood and have a petition with 250 signatures and counting in support of their cause. This afternoon they put their kindergarten kids to work, building a mock school with cardboard boxes and art supplies.
3: There is everything else here. That's what's frustrating. You have the banks, you have dry cleaners, you have liquor stores, you have grocery stores, you have everything else here, restaurants here. There's no school. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. ridiculous.
1: Uh, A Kelowna-area fruit company has received a stop-work order on a massive packing facility it's building. As Kelly Hayes reports, the company is accused of not following the rules, and neighbours say it's an eyesore.
9: Well, neighbours are concerned about what's being built there. What's
7: being built is a cold storage and packing facility by Sander fruit packers in the Scotty Creek Road area of Ellison. Estimated at anywhere between 30 and 40,000 square feet, or about an acre, and the project is on the regional district's radar.
9: Well, right now, it's it's under a stop work order. Uh, they uh, started construction on the property without uh, bu- the appropriate building permits.
7: Not only did construction start without the proper permits, a bunch of other paperwork required for such a large project also wasn't submitted.
9: Basically, they come in with engineered drawings. Uh, the site gets uh, the site plans get put in in terms of engineering and drainage, and et cetera. Uh, that gets uh, reviewed uh, internally at the regional district and uh, and gets signed off uh, once everything's in place. Was that done for this building? No. Why not? Uh, well, I think you'd have to ask the Sanders that.
7: We asked the company that question, why did they begin construction on the building without the proper work permits? Company spokesperson, Prab Sander, would only say that they received an order and that construction has stopped. Well, what Sander didn't volunteer is they actually received two work orders before construction actually came
9: to a halt. Uh, Work continued uh, last week and through the weekend and a second stop work order was issued uh, early this week. Uh, And as I understand it stopped, work has completely stopped now.
7: They block the view and our land drop the price. Dominic Matera lives across the street from the plant. He says it's going to block his view and affect his property value. Well, we try to sell, but now with this things on the front, we will uh, be hard to even to sell the place. Before, maybe the you know what I said from the living room window, you could see the part of Kelowna. But now we don't see nothing. That's all you see, There's a big wall on the front of your uh, your window. The regional district says the sanders conveyed to it that they're under great pressure to get the plan built because of the looming cherry season. So far, sander packing has been issued three fines, maximum $150 each. The district says a second stop work order will have a bigger impact than the fines.
9: Well, each day that the, the, uh, they're not able to continue building is 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 costing them money
7: kelly hayes global news ellison bad news for bc's forestry
1: sector as one mill announces it's shutting down and another cuts the workload in half tolco blames the decision on several factors including mountain pine beetle devastation and catastrophic wildfires about 150 employees at tolco's quest sawmill in quenelle will be laid off And the site shut down as of August 2nd. In Kelowna, the sawmill will see two shifts reduced to one. About 90 employees in Kelowna will be affected by the reduction starting July 12th. Tolco says the decisions are difficult but necessary due to the lack of fiber available to keep all mills running efficiently. All right, Yvonne and Barry join us now. So we broke. A bunch of records yesterday. How about today?
10: Yes, so it's day three of the record-breaking uh-huh. heat. Temperatures are crawling, uh, falling across the province. Uh, so we had three. Whistler was included within that. And many spots, especially into the interior, still getting into the 30s, but not quite record-breaking or close to our time. But unofficially, we've got three. Uh, still another hot day today. If you're looking for a bit of a reprieve, it'll be comfortable. Mother's Day forecast is looking fantastic. I'll have more on that. And a change is on the way. The return for some wet weather when we'll start to see some rain pushing in across the province coming up very shortly.
1: All right. We've been pretty lucky, yes. right? All right. Uh, cue the BGs for the Giants. They're staying alive. They
5: are staying alive. I was at the uh, last couple of games at oh, the yeah. LEC. Great atmosphere there. Giants probably deserved to win the last two, but they, they did get the win last night and uh, are on their way to Prince Albert. They flew there today. They'll play Game 6 uh, tomorrow night at 5 o'clock. So tomorrow at this time, they'll be right in the middle of things. We'll take a look back at that exciting uh, Game 5 and uh, look ahead to Game 6. So that's a tough team, that Prince yeah. Albert team. And the Giants are hanging right in there. And uh, wouldn't that be something if they could win two in a row? But I would say the odds, if I was putting on maybe, maybe 20% to win two in a row there. <laughs> so if there's a tough.
1: Game 7, though, it'll be back here. No, it stays no, the there. Okay. They
5: played three years. That, that, that Game 4, one nothing loss was really tough. Had yes, they won most. that one, they would have a puncher's chance. But now it's pretty tough.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: All right. Tensions are escalating between the U.S. and Iran. The Americans are beefing up their military presence in the region. This after intelligence suggested the Iranians were preparing to target American interests in the Persian Gulf. Global's Jennifer Johnson reports.
12: The U.S. is now sending even more military strength to the Mideast to counter threats from Iran. Patriot air defense missiles, an assault ship, a nuclear-powered submarine, and fresh supplies of precision-guided weapons are on their way to the region. This after intelligence reports claim Iran is preparing to attack American troops, its allies, and possibly U.S. commercial ships.
7: It's important that Iran understand that an attack on Americans or its interests will be met with an appropriate response.
12: The Pentagon had already sent the USS Abraham Lincoln to the region, and B-52 bombers arrived in Qatar Thursday, ready for a counterattack. Now U.S. intelligence sources say there are pictures of Iranians loading military equipment and missiles onto small
1: boats. If the Iranians make the mistake of Launching an attack in the Persian Gulf on an American warship, the administration probably won't have any alternative but to retaliate.
12: A high-ranking Iranian cleric is now boasting a single Iranian missile could take out the entire United States carrier group. Trying to avert a war, the Pentagon released this statement, saying, "...the United States does not seek conflict with Iran, but we are postured and ready to defend U.S. forces and interests in the region." Experts fear there will be military strikes.
9: The Iranian government, certain elements within it
5: certainly, um, seem to want to invite this conflict. And so um, while I'm hoping that cooler heads will prevail, I'm generally pretty worried that a conflict of some sort will break out.
12: Tensions between the U.S. and Iran have reached a boiling point after President Donald Trump withdrew from the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, declared Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard a terrorist group, and increased punishing sanctions against the country. But through it all, Iran's hardline leaders have made it clear they have no intention of giving up Iran's nuclear program. Now President Trump is applying maximum pressure on Iran's leaders while leaving open the possibility of diplomatic talks to end this conflict jennifer johnson global news washington
1: tempers boiling over in hong kong's legislature today as lawmakers fought over an extradition law the law which would extend beijing's powers over the financial hub and former british colony has pro-democracy politicians battling those loyal to beijing a brawl sent one person to hospital hong kong is trying to enact rules that would allow people accused of a crime including foreigners to be extradited to countries such as mainland China without formal extradition agreements. A huge weather-related train derailment in the U.S. A freight train went off the tracks in Mississippi after heavy rain overnight caused flash flooding. A total of 28 cars ended up in a giant mess due to the washout. Officials say 25 of the cars were empty and the other three were transporting steel. There were no hazardous materials involved and no injuries reported. And in Galveston, Texas, officials are checking water quality along the shoreline of the Houston Ship Channel. This after a ship collided with two barges, causing a huge toxic fuel spill. One barge capsized while the other was nearly cut in half. The busy commercial waterway remains partially closed.
9: The barges were carrying reformate, which is gasoline blend stock. They had 25,000 barrels in each. One of the barges was damaged and has released some of its product, and the second barge was capsized and is, is turned upside down.
1: A landmark United Nations agreement has been reached by nearly 200 countries, including Canada, to reduce plastic waste in our waters. The U.S. is one of a few countries that did not sign on. The deal is a legally binding agreement that calls for countries to track their waste, even once it's outside their borders. According to the U.N., an estimated 100 million tons of plastic has ended up in our oceans, which eventually makes its way into the food chain. A wild shootout on the streets of Los Angeles has been caught on video. A murder suspect is seen firing at police as they tried to chase him down. Bystanders looking on in horror as it all played out for kilometers.
12: Shooting at officers right now. A wild chase on the streets and highways in and around Los Angeles. A murder suspect hanging outside of the window of the car he was riding in, firing back at officers in hot pursuit. There he is, shooting at officers right there. Shots fired, shots fired. The passenger who was wanted for questioning in the fatal shooting of a convenience store employee opening fire as a Toyota Prius raced at high speed trying to get away.
3: Guys, this is very dangerous here. Here we go pointing a gun, shooting randomly. Drivers caught
12: in the crossfire. Thankfully, none of them seriously hurt. Finally, the car got stuck behind a truck with the shooter and the female driver both struck by
3: gunfire. Officers are shooting at that vehicle right now. Wow, wow, suspect is hit. Suspect is down. Suspect is down. This is one that you're you're not going to let go.
1: Uh, He has to be stopped. He's in immediate danger. In Health Matters tonight, gay men who once faced a lifetime ban on becoming blood donors will soon be able to give. But there is a catch. They must ab- agree to abstain from sex for three months. Heather Yorick's West reports on the science behind the new measures.
4: The first time Christopher Karras went to donate blood, he had no idea he'd be turned away. Once uh, I, I had gotten to the end of the line, uh, they wouldn't allow me to donate because uh, they had learned that uh, I, I was gay. Canada, along with many other countries around the world, has long had restrictions in place preventing gay and bisexual men from becoming donors, policies dating back to the crisis with HIV-AIDS.
5: There was a lifetime ban because this was considered a very uh, at-risk group for being HIV-infected. We also had really bad ways of detecting the virus.
4: At one point, it would take up to four months to detect the presence of an HIV infection in patients. But the science in this area has advanced.
5: We're looking for the actual genome of the virus, and this is extremely sensitive. We can pick up just a handful of actual virus particles in a
2: patient, and we can often detect these as early as two weeks after they've been exposed.
4: Because of these advancements and facing a growing demand for blood, Canadian Blood Services says it, along with Hema Quebec, has been pushing Health Canada to make changes. That lifetime ban fell to a five-year deferral period in 2015, a one-year deferral period in 2016, and next month it will be three months. I don't think we have enough evidence to date to completely abolish the criteria, but there
12: are many research projects happening that hopefully will provide that
7: evidence
4: that we need to move forward from a time-based deferral. Still, Karis says it's wrong to label all gay male sexual relationships as being high risk, wishing the policies would consider a person's specific behaviours instead of whom they're in a relationship with. Are you in a monogamous relationship? Are you using um, condoms? Are you having safe sex practices? If you're doing these things, then you're a lower risk. Heather Yerkes West, Global News, Calgary. Welcome back, a fun day
1: for hundreds of kids in Coquitlam. Rubens Ruckus kicking off this morning, children aged six through thirteen competing in a 3K obstacle race through Coquitlam's Town Center Park. Participants warming up as they prepared to run, balance, and climb their way through various challenges. The family day out was to raise money for Rubens Shoes, a charity that donates used shoes to those in need in the community and to children in developing countries. Perfect day for that event, Tavon. Hope they had sunscreen, though.
10: Yeah, absolutely, and congratulations to everyone who did it. 3K, yeah. an obstacle race. All right, yes, the heat was on once again today. It's day three of record-breaking temperatures. We had 26 or over 20 yesterday on Friday. Thursday, just over a dozen. Unofficially, right now, we've seen three. Summerland included within that, up to 30.1. The old record back in 1931 was 29.4. Whistler, another day of record-breaking heat at 26. And areas near Clinton, up to 25.2. A look outside right now, we're sitting at 20 degrees or high today for most areas. If you were closer to the water, low 20s and mid and upper 20s were for areas away from the water. But it'll be a few degrees cooler for tomorrow if you are looking for a reprieve from the heat. Here's a look at a few other numbers. Areas near Chilliwack getting up to 28, 29 for Cultus Lake today. Interior areas for Kamloops up to 30. Prince George today into the mid-20s. 20s, and areas near Nanaimo and Port Alberni with 25 and 26. We are still looking at some instability across the central half of the province. Uh, Front is still sliding its way there. We have some cloud cover, and that stretches into the southeastern corners. But for tomorrow, it'll be dry across coastal sections, and then this ridge does start to break down. It'll be Monday late in the day, and Tuesday, an increase in cloud cover on Tuesday across the south coast. We are looking at periods of rain and heavy at times, and then unsettled for a Wednesday, and that's going to inch in across the uh, southern interior as well. Fire danger rating, a reminder now at high and moderate for many areas, and we have... Currently, up to 20 active wildfires across the province. If you are out, please be very careful, dil- diligent with your wild, uh, campfires as well as your cigarette butts across the province. For the peace, so tomorrow, at 17. A southwesterly wind. It'll be gusty at times, up to 50 kilometers per hour. Most areas near Whitehorse, pleasant, 13 as the high with a mainly sunny sky along the north coast. A dry day tomorrow. An increase in cloud cover for your Monday evening, with even the chance of showers, and then on and off showers on Tuesday. Caribou and Central Interior up to 17 for tomorrow. The bulk of the moisture and rain pushing in on Tuesday night. Columbia and Kootenai region will see some cloud cover for the afternoon, still remaining dry. And then Tuesday, with the system pushing in, periods of rain in 16. For the tops in Okanagan, a nice bright start for your Mother's Day, more cloud cover towards the afternoon, rebounding on Monday. And then on Tuesday, some on and off showers and cooling off with 18. We'll see that drop in temperatures for areas near Whistler, Tuesday 14 with showers and across the island still a warm day for tomorrow Uh, Port Alberni getting up to 23 degrees we could see some morning fog patches for a few spots near the water and then sunshine for the afternoon very pleasant for our Mother's Day. it'll be a partly cloudy sky most areas up to 18 away from the water into the low 20s for tomorrow and then we're tracking that change on the way with rain on our Tuesday onwards Jordan
1: well based on that fire map you showed us that rain is needed thanks Yvonne absolutely before we go to break, some quick news about us. Global BC has been named Best in Canada for breaking news. Our coverage of December's windstorm that battered the south coast has received a top award from the Radio Television Digital News Association of Canada. The awards were handed out in Toronto this weekend. Well done, team. All right, it's back to Prince Albert for <laughs> That's right. Giants.
5: Uh, Prince Albert is two hours uh, north and west of Saskatoon, I believe. Okay. He, was, Thank you for the you geography quite sure I was not sure of your prairie geography. I was confusing it with Lloyd Minster. That's yes, right. Well, they're, they're, I guess they're sort of close, too. I'm due for a trip, apparently. Yes, you are. PA's beautiful this time, especially <laughs> for hockey. All right, thanks, Jordan. The Vancouver Giants are still alive in the Western League Championship Series. Giants held on for a 4-3 win last night. In- that was intense and tense to the very end, but Vancouver hung on to play another day but they will have their work cut out for them tomorrow night to extend the mighty Raiders to a seventh game in enemy territory.
2: Away from Holt. to blue, scores!
5: The Giants faced their first must-win situation of these playoffs in Game 5, and they responded with one of their best games of the spring, jumping on the Raiders and burying their chances, something they couldn't do in a narrow one nothing loss in Game 4. I think the building blocks were in place for... For a solid effort tonight uh, with how we played on Wednesday and uh, you know we carried that forward and you know that way a pretty solid game tonight. I think I think we showed a lot of character tonight. Um, obviously first time uh, facing elimination in the playoffs so uh, we got two more games to win like
0: I said and that's what we're focused on now.
4: It was it was definitely a different sense of emotion going into the, the rink today so um, no we were prepared for it. We've, it was like you said it was our first game with our backs against the wall and I mean, everyone in that room, we said it before, uh, not today. And uh, we didn't want it to be our 20-year-old's last game in this league. So that's that was our mentality going into the game. We don't want it to be the last for them.
2: We are going to see you Sunday night in Prince Albert.
5: Now the Giants have to go into Prince Albert in a hostile environment and beat the Raiders again. It will likely take an even greater effort than we saw in Game 5. The Giants have battled hard, but Prince Albert has the edge in scoring talent and experience. This is a team full of 19-year-olds built to win now.
4: Uh, we got to go in with the same mentality. Um, we just got to just play hard. Play our game, and then things will work out for us. We can't, we can't let it shift off. We got to go shift by shift and uh, period by period, and we'll be good. Game time is five o'clock our time
5: Sunday, and the LEC is having a viewing party for fans interested in cheering on their Giants to force a game seven. All right, NHL playoffs, Game 1 Western Conference Finals. Sharks and Blues from San Jose. Sharks draw first blood. Logan Couture with his 10th of the playoffs leads all scorers. Great feed there from Gustav Nyquist. But Couture, I think, an underrated superstar. 1-0 Sharks. Blues tied it, but on a 5-on-3, it's Little Joe. Joe Pavelski robbed by Jordan Binnington, but then bats in the rebound. You appreciate the goal more on this angle. What skill by Pavelski to bat that in. 2-1 Sharks second period now San Jose increases the lead Kevin LeBanc who had that monster game seven in that comeback versus Vegas will score there to make it 3-1 but the Blues answer Ryan O'Reilly check out that poise fake shot Deke and then jams it in the short side to make it 3-2 but the Sharks got it right back just over a minute later Timo Meyer, blazing speed and what finish 4 two Sharks And that's the way it stands right now, late in the second World Hockey Championships going on from Slovakia. That's 18-year-old Kapo Kako of Finland, expected to go number two behind Jack Hughes at the NHL draft in Vancouver next month. He had two goals versus Canada yesterday, and then Kako with the big slapper off the face-off play here gives the Finns a 2-1 lead. Third period now tied at two, and it's Kako with a nifty little play through the defender's legs, then through the goalie's legs. Crafty play by the kid expected to be taken by the Rangers in the number two overall spot. And then the Caco show isn't done yet. Seals the deal with an empty netter for the hat trick. That's five goals in two games for Caco. Fins win 4-2. They're 2-0 Canada plays again tomorrow versus Great Britain at 11 a.m. our time. Women's Rugby Sevens from Langford. Plenty of support for Canada on Vancouver Island. Canada taking on Ireland in their second match of the day after beating Brazil handily 38-7 in their opener. Captain Gislaine Landry takes it in for the try. 10-5 over the stubborn Irish. And then moments later, Landry with the service to Karen Packen who takes it in for the try. And Canada win again 22-5 to improve to 2-0 on the day. So that sets up a tough battle against uh, the Aussies. Both teams won their first two, so this is for first in the pool. Canada gets off to a bright start. Julia Greenshields showing off her blazing speed, cuts it to the inside, and she is gone all the way for the try. And Canada jumps out 7-0. Second half, though, now tied at 14 And the Australians get a big play from their star, Ella Green. She will explode past the uh, Canadian tacklers there, and it takes it all the way for the try as the Aussies pull away in the second half to win 29-14, but both teams qualify for tomorrow's Cup quarterfinals. Canada will meet the USA in their quarterfinal match. We'll fix that. Three Aussie flag, obviously not an Irish flag. L2 we'll fix that for 11. Baseball today, Blue Jays and White Sox from Toronto. Jays down 4 nothing, but get one back. Randall Gritchick with the solo homer. His seventh makes it 4-1, to but the White Sox would have nothing to do with the Jays' comeback. Charlie Tilson chops one Down the line in right, two runs come in to score. White Sox take it 7-2. Jays have lost 9-11 and have really struggled to score during the homestand. 1-4 with just seven runs in the five games. Welcome back. The White Caps are on a roll, well, relatively speaking. But they have put uh, back-to-back wins together for the first time this season. They're actually in a playoff spot. But the important thing is they continue to make steady progress. Last night they beat a Portland Timbers team that had won three straight on the road. Timbers playing their first 12 on the road this year, while their stadium gets extensive renovations. Ninth minute, Freddie Montero will get loose here and goes to the left foot and that is a great finish by Montero starting to look like himself after a bit of a sluggish start third of the year for Freddie, it's 1-0. Portland though had most of the chances after that but Vancouver keeper Max Cripo was up to the task on all occasions from the corner here he will get a fingertip on that off the bar and out 1-0 at the half. Portland turning up the heat again in the 72nd. Crapeau, though, standing his ground. That's a great save from in close to keep it 1-0. And Portland with one more grade-A chance, but Crapeau stops it, and that's it. Whitecaps win 1-0, they're now 7th in the West, a point above San Jose for the final playoff spot. MLS action today, Toronto hosting the Philadelphia Union. Union led 1-0 at the half, but Toronto equalized off the free kick. Alejandro Pozuelo perfectly placed, and that ties at 1-1. But in the 68th, Phillies' Yamiro Montero with the game winner just inside the post. And Philadelphia, with the 2-1 win, now lead the Eastern Conference with 23 points. TFC are fifth with 16. And the other Canadian team, Montreal Impact, also in action, taking on expansion FC Cincinnati. Second half, Fatai Alache makes it 2-0 Cincinnati. Impact in trouble, but they do get one back, and it's a pretty nice one. Orgy Okwankwo with the flying header scores the goal but the impact falls short 2-1 they're still third placed in the east though with 20 points 2-1 that should be Cincinnati Final yeah, Tennis Madrid three. Open semis on the red clay Rafa Nadal's dominant surface Rafa lost the opening set to a young Greek Stefanos Tsitsipas but Nadal responds in the second nice Point built there. Puts it away at the net and won the second set 6-2. But Tsitsipa had a lot of gas left in the tank. Big forehand down the line. Sets up the put away at net. And Tsitsipa gave uh, Rafa a dose of his own medicine. Just applied the pressure all match long. And Rafa couldn't keep up. Unforced air here and the 20-year-old Greek with the upset win. It means a lot for the next-gen players to beat legends like Nadal. So Tsitsipa will meet Novak Djokovic in tomorrow's final. Another legend.
1: Yeah. All right. Victoria's Secret is announcing it is rethinking its annual fashion show. It's a move that might just get a thumbs up from critics. NBC's Molly Hunter has the story.
8: For the last two decades, some of the most bedazzled, most scantily clad women on the planet have been strutting their stuff down this catwalk. Victoria's Secret's angels have come to define beauty. But more and more Americans are no longer buying it. A lot of Americans are just, they want to see something different and also just for themselves, too. Like, so many people do not fit into that narrow standard of beauty. Now faced with sinking sales and low ratings, the brand's parent company announced Friday that they're looking for a new home for its fashion show. Fashion is a business of change. We must evolve and change to grow, L Brand CEO Les Wexner wrote. With that in mind, we've decided to rethink the traditional Victoria's Secret fashion show. We don't believe network television is the right fit. I'd like to see more inclusivity. Like, I think that would really make a lot of people happy. Last December, the show, which is aired on CBS and ABC, suffered the worst ratings in its history, falling from more than 10 million in 2010 to 3.3 million. Sales in stores have fallen three years in a row, and the L Brand stock fell 55 percent in 2018. Also last year, amid the Me Too era, the company's CMO apologized after suggesting that plus size and transgender models had no place in their fantasy fashion show. You just want a lot of diversity that's reflected in what we see more everyday life with a little bit of that aspirational goal.
1: All right, we want to show you this because it made us laugh in the newsroom. We're pretty sure we can file this story under Lost in translation. Our Richard Zussman tweeted this out, a warning sign on the shelf of a store in Richmond's <laughs> Aberdeen Mall. It reads, quote, all shoplifter will be executed. <laughs> We're hoping the shopkeeper meant to type prosecuted rather than <laughs> executed. As Richard says, they take things very
5: seriously, apparently, <laughs> at Aberdeen Mall. <laughs> <laughs> so but I go. guess shoplifting is down 20%.
10: Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It
5: had its effect. Last word on the weather.
10: Uh, another warm day tomorrow. Not as hot than what we've seen in the past three days. So a touch cooler for Mother's Day, but it's going to be sunny and dry if you're planning on being outdoors with Mom. And then rain returning into early next week.
1: That is the news hour. Thanks for watching. We're back at 11. Good night. Good night.
10: Good night.